0: is alive and it is well the state of combat with brian campbell returns with the pro wrestling edition one day after a historic announcement that very well may have been a turning point in the history of sports entertainment i am sick of sports entertainment you know what joey so am i you're damn right this ain't sports entertainment this is pro wrestling and it's back it's thriving it's fresh it's new It's damn near revolutionary, if you will, and I know you will. So sound the damn alarm already. Ah, Yeah, catch them, feels. Feel that. You can't help but feel that. Feel all of that. Ryan, I feel all of that, Danielson. I feel all of that. Draw your line in the sand, folks, and declare today. Which side are you on? Are you a corporate or are you a rebel? Can you hear Jimmy? Do you enjoy steak? Do you drink the snobby IPAs? For me, I've said it before, and I'll say it once more. As for me and my house, we are friggin' all in. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh come on! I'm I'm I'm
1: one of the leaders of. of, of...
0: And for the record, Chief Brandy Officer, I'm all in on wrestling or whatever else that you were talking about right there. Wow, another story for another damn time. Is that what gets you off? Don't you understand? We get them off. They don't get us off. Speaking of a man who has been off at times on this revolutionary path, we will find out today where he indeed stands in the Great War. Let me introduce you to my co-host. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah, he never hedged. You can go back and listen to all the damn shows. He's the Silver King. Adam Silverstein. Hey,
1: now, the Silver King side, BC, is always the right side, and don't you try to tell these listeners, anything different.
0: Wow, the right side. I need to know. I'm going to draw that line right in front of you right now. I need to know. Are you with me or are you against me? Why don't you just spit it out? Why don't you just talk straight to me and quit beating around the bush? What are you trying to say? Say it, Silver King. The people need to know. You saw that AEW press conference. You heard Cody. You heard Conrad. You heard the Bucks. Are you feeling what I'm feeling?
1: Just like Cody's wrestling. It's fine. No, I'm kidding. Uh, It was really, really good, really exciting, and it set the course for what has the potential to be a legitimate, critical competitor to WWE. I think there's a lot of very smart decisions that have been made off the top with AEW. As we'll get into, we don't know enough yet, but the setting that has been laid out in front of us says, They might have something here.
0: Oh, I love that. Pause that thought right there. We'll get into that very quickly in the damn main event. Looking back at the week that was in pro wrestling. Turned out to be a wild week. The same performance enhancing audio, of course, coming your way this week. Hey, if you haven't done us a solid yet and got out there and hit us up with that five-star review. Look, I don't need Booker T to tell you. It's all about the five. Please do that wherever you consume fine audio. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you want to hear on the show. Just tell us. You want more instant analysis podcast? You tell us. Get us up to 500 reviews. We'll find out. Anyway, Adam, we got a great show talking AEW, looking back at Wrestle Kingdom 13, talking Raw and SmackDown and all that stuff. But why don't you tell the people about a little bonus on Thursday that you've been teasing over there on the at State of Combat link on Twitter for the damn podcast?
1: Oh, you know, no big deal. Just a 30-minute interview with the 2018 CBS Sports Wrestler of the Year, the man Becky Lynch. I am the man that is coming to your earholes tomorrow, Thursday, in a special edition of the State of Combat podcast. Thank you to WWE for setting this up for us. The man drops bombs on this interview, BC. In this interview, I should say, and we cover both ends talking non stop. Becky Lynch, if you are a fan of the man, the other man besides the Silver King. If you are a fan, make sure you are subscribed to State of Combat. Make sure you are following us at State of Combat on Twitter, and make sure you listen to the show tomorrow.
0: A lot of psychology about her character, where she's at, if this actually is a character. A lot of stuff you're going to want to hear. We try not to overpromise. This one delivered, though. This one will be worth your ear holes. uh, We're teasing a bag.
1: And you're not going to get the mess.
0: That's that's what I'm talking about. Let the penetration station open because it's going to happen on Thursday. But, Adam, you got anything else you want to tell the people before we get into the meat of the show? Not really. Uh, You
1: know, I'm in a real good wrestling space right now. My college football season is over. BC, speaking with Becky Lynch, watching Raw and SmackDown this week, I am ready for the road to WrestleMania. We are making major plans for New York, WrestleMania 35, I'm thrilled and extremely excited to be there, and we may, you know, may have some opportunities for you fans to come see us. I don't know for sure. We'll figure that out, but let's get into, BC, what you want to talk about, what the world wants to hear us talk about, the main event. This is the main event. And we're going to start this off with a bang, the same way that AEW All Elite Wrestling started on Tuesday with a one-hour rally. Outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, Jaguars, not jaguars. Yeah, what are, what,
0: people are hitting me up on this. What am I doing wrong here? Jaguars. That's what I say. What's wrong with that? Jaguars. Jaguars. Jaguar. I I got some weird things in my vocabulary. My you wife called the car
1: say, a jaguar. Yeah,
0: jaguar. Oh. my wife says I can't say things right. I always say I can't figure out how to say air hair, ear hair, ear hair, ear air hair. Yeah. Uh, I got issues, all right? Anyway, uh, yeah. What, you call, you you call us- titles belts also. There's a lot of things wrong with you, but
1: that's okay. Uh, anyway, this thing started with a bang, and we're going to get into a lot of the minutia with it. But right off the top, they announced the early portion of their roster, obviously Cody, the Young Bucks, SCU, all part of it. We saw appearances, surprise appearances from Joey Janela, who's currently injured, and Penelope, who's his, I think, girlfriend, but also a talented wrestler as well, Britt Baker, who's one of the best independent women's talents, MJF, uh, you know, young guy, really good on the mic. And the two key names, Pac, you better know him as Neville, and the Ayatollah of rock and roll, yes. Chris Jericho, BC. What did you think of those surprise announcements? Were they actually
0: surprises for you? And what did it tell you about where AEW is headed? Uh, There's a lot to say about this. I'm fired up about this. I really am. I thought this was a success. There were moments in the beginning, you and I were talking, didn't feel like a success. That YouTube stream was struggling. They were doing wide shots on a crowd that really wasn't big enough to do wide shots on. There were some audio issues. They pulled it together, though. Look, is Chris Jericho signing with them a surprise? No, not necessarily. But the fact that they... Held it out until the end as sort of a bonus, I thought, really hit hard. And then you have him coming on saying, no, I'm signing on full time. This isn't like, a, oh, I'm going to do one big match and then maybe go back to WWE. He said it himself. I am full time. And then he gave what I thought was really like the best speech of this entire show. I'm not here for the money. I already got the money. I'm here because I believe in doing something different. I believe in doing something new. It's what I've always done my entire career. I am a maverick. I am an outlaw. I am a pariah. I am Chris Jericho, baby. Yes, Chris Jericho. You also have things, and one of those is it. it. And I think this presentation, this AEW has it. There's a trendy feel to it. And that's a good thing, and I think you need that because look, if they're going to be a competitor for WWE, at least critically, and look, no one's going to uh, look. This is not going to be WCW versus WWE because financially, these are different ballparks. Even with the money that the Jagwires owners have, and I'm hoping, and you heard from Cody that they're going to pay well and to keep happy wrestlers because happy wrestlers make happy fans. All that have, good stuff. I have a lot of thoughts about that, but all right, we'll get we'll to we'll that talk. in a second. The point here ultimately is, though, look, they're not going to compete commercially yet. But critically, to compete, they have to be different. They were different, I thought. To have Chris Jericho as the veteran on this group and know that you're getting him full-time and getting his mind, not just what he has left in the tank. I got a lot of people adding me on Twitter at B. Campbell's TBS going, 48-year-old with a bad back, really? You think this was a big presentation? No. You know what I thought was big about this presentation? That it wasn't, we're going to shove Cody, the Bucks, and Jericho down your throat necessarily. Obviously, they're there. They're the foundation. They're the structure. You know what they kind of shoved secretly down our throat? Hangman Page versus Neville as po- possibly and probably their first title feud. And you know what that told me, Adam? To some people that may have been, okay, that's fine, but those names aren't big enough. Well, you have the, the big names are there structurally. And believe me, there's going to be more big names coming. But the fact that they're saying, we're taking two younger-ish guys in their absolute primes, Paige, who WWE was after and really has the potential to be a star, a modern Bruiser Brody, and Neville, who we love and is really the modern incarnation of Dynamite Kid, if we're really being honest. The fact that they're showing you up front, we're going to build around these two guys. I thought this was a massive success because WCW succeeded for a while and then failed. A lot of reasons why. One of those reasons why was because they took only WWE cast-offs that were older. TNA spent a lot of money Largely took only WWE cast-offs that were kind of on the back end of their career. Obviously, they had more, some AJ more Styles. So, more so WCW cast-offs that were great in the end point. Of their career. This feels yeah. like they're trying to build a ground from the ground up a real rival organization. And to do that, you need young people in their prime. Adam, they gave me that. Two major questions we didn't get answered. One, TV. I think it's still to come. I know for a fact they're talking to some big names. And two, Kenny Omega. We'll get to that in a second. But I was impressed by this overall.
1: The key to the entire thing, and it's what I said when we talked about it last week, they needed to build the wrestling organization around the word elite. Okay. And that's why I thought it should have been the most prominent thing in the logo. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay. That's what they did. They are saying we are about elite athleticism and elite talent. Now, their roster top to bottom is not going to be the best of the best. The best wrestlers in the world, many of them are in New Japan. A lot of them are in WWE. But there are plenty on the independent scene, and there is plenty of guys that they will be able to, you can use the word poach, but there are WWE wrestlers whose contracts will be coming up, and they will get a couple of them. They're not going to raid WWE, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw one lower mid-card and a couple mid-card slash lower-card names move over there. Someone like, and this would be a lower-card person, but like someone like a Dana Brooke jumping over there. Zach Ryder, if they say, hey, we want you to write and, and help do production for TV in addition to being a wrestler. There are people like that, I think, that will go over there and will provide some additional name value where people who are wrestling fans, who are WWE fans, but are not fans of everything else, We'll say, oh, yeah, that's where those guys went. Oh, this thing's on TNT. I'll check it out, and that's all you need. If you give them a good product and you get their eyeballs on it, it'll work. Chris Jericho bringing him on, you're 100% right. It's going to be great to have him still wrestling occasionally. He should probably get a run with the organization's championship when they have it at some point. But you bring him in for his mind. The guy is a maverick. He's a wrestling genius. He's a legend, and he's Presently building a case to be considered at some point, maybe when he retires, the greatest of all time. Now, there's a lot of you know arguments that can be made there between Flair and HBK he and a lot of there. other people. Let's just let's but Jericho, Jericho from being an, a star in WCW, a superstar in WWE. But t- we don't know what he's about to do now. Making a big impact in Japan, doing this cruise thing. You don't know what's going to come of that. His ability to re-in- reinvent his character. Uh, reinvent his wrestling style, his promo ability. There's a lot there. There's a lot they're going to benefit from, and the younger talents are going to benefit from from having Chris Jericho around. All right. So,
0: look, look, I don't want to put water on it, but look, he can't. there's nothing he can do now to become the best of all time. I think he's right in that 13, 14, 15, 16 area. I think this late incredible run, which included the resurgence with Kevin Owens at the end, the New Japan work, and now what he potentially could do to AEW, I think the best thing they can do for him is get him closer in that top 10. Get him in the mid-top 10, which, by the way, is massive for a small-ish guy.
1: Chris Yarko is not going to be the greatest of all time. He will be able to make a case. True.
0: There there will be some left-field cases. And a lot of
1: that has happened in the last
0: four years. It's amazing what he's doing and the potential here to maybe be a commentator, maybe be something it's going to be massive. But here's the deal. He mentioned something that's so key in there. You know, he said it's not about the money. I've got plenty of money. Obviously, not everybody in the wrestling Uh, business. Excuse me.
1: Chris Jericho is getting paid.
0: Right, but obviously not everybody in the wrestling business probably has the amount of money in the bank that he does. So this isn't universal across the board necessarily, but he echoed a lot of what I'm saying. He's doing this for the right reasons. Yes, come on, he's going to get paid, obviously, but he's doing this for the love and the artistry. And if anything was conveyed to me through what we saw in this press conference, by the way, this press conference didn't answer everything. So I'm not trying to jump out here and say Starting tomorrow, we have a number two that's going to compete. Look, a lot has to come. We don't know if it's a weekly show. We don't know anything. But what they showed us is... These guys are artists. These guys, the Bucks and Cody, weren't willing just to sell their soul for a large WWE contract because they've improved themselves on the indies. They're trying to change the business. They're really backing up what they're saying, all these catchphrases. And I do believe that. I believe these guys are artists. And I believe that's why when I said all last summer, don't be surprised if Daniel Bryan does jump and you're like, you're crazy. Look, in the end, he didn't jump. He probably made the better move. But he's of that ilk, too. There are artists left within WWE who are like, I've made a certain amount of money, and that's fine. Now I'm in it more for the craft, the love, trying to do something that no one's done before. These people want to be part of the modern-day WCW if there can be one. I applaud them. All of us fans should applaud them. Unless you're somehow on the payroll of WWE, any fan out there, I guess I can understand being skeptical, but any fan out there who is rooting against this in any form... Get off my timeline.
1: Well, you shouldn't root against it, but I'm going to take issues with two things you just said. One, signing with WWE is not selling your soul. It's it's a joke. That opinion is washed. Okay? It's not like for 40, those guys. For those elite guys, like it's not. Forty-four, Brian Campbell. It's washed. No, okay, it is. It's it's a terrible take because WWE. Do they sign some people and not use them to their best potential? Absolutely. No one's making that argument. But you're not selling your soul when you take a job and get paid a shit ton of money to be a professional wrestler. You do if and you care about the content be a
0: worldwide superstar. Adam, do you okay. lose creative control when you go to WWE? Yes,
1: they're not. WCW. Okay. They're so not- if
0: you are an artist an elite artist who believes that you are influencing your, influencing your work and somebody like Kenny, who's changing wrestling, literally changing the standards of wrestling, if you go to WWE right now, you are, to a degree, selling your soul. I don't think you can argue you're that. You're not
1: selling your soul, Brian. You're not going to hell because you went ahead and signed with WWE. And for anyone that's thinking the Young Bucks and Cody turned down huge money from WWE and are not going to have the potential to make huge money from AEW or maybe had those offers matched already by Khan, anyone who thinks that, I mean, you're not bright. And okay, These guys the are point. getting paid... A significant amount of money. They're not just wrestlers, they're executive vice presidents in this company.
0: Why do people give up large corporate job opportunities? to take a chance and start their own business when everything is telling you not to do it because they believe more in themselves and the craft. Nothing was telling them not to do it. Yeah, there's obviously people out there that are saying don't do it. I just heard Jerry Lawler's podcast. He was like, I don't care if I had (laughs) (laughs) $8 zillion. I wouldn't start a new wrestling promotion. So to try to act like there isn't doubt here and people telling them not to do it, come on. Jerry's like 67 years old. All right, here we go. We'll write it off. We'll write it all off. Uh, Come on, you can't. Look, it it is selling your soul to a certain degree.
1: No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. They took a major risk. I'm not saying they didn't, okay? But they didn't. They would not have been selling their souls to go to WWE 1. And number two, they're not pa- paupers here. They're getting paid by AEW. So let's not make it like, like they're not making a ton of money. And it's a calculated risk too because let's – I don't know the numbers, right? Let's say WWE offered the Jacksons $2 million, right? And AEW is paying them $2.1 million. And AEW fails, okay? <laughs> they go, hey, WWE. We're massive names with a huge following. Give us $2.2 million. And WWE goes, oh, okay, sure. (laughs) Okay? It's a calculated risk. Their careers aren't over if AEW fails. They're putting themselves in the position to make a ton of money and be massive wrestling superstars, legends potentially. So I'm not saying that none of this is risky. I'm not saying that this is couched or or anything like that. What I am saying is these guys didn't like – they're not going to – I'm just going to stay with Ring of Honor.
0: That's fine, Adam. All I know is there is a line in the sand now, okay? I'm on one side. A great portion of our listeners are on this side. But I think forever you are going to have to stay on the other side of that because you didn't believe in this from the beginning. You didn't want to believe in this from the beginning. You didn't think Jericho was part of the revolution. You didn't think All In was going to sell out. And you said this AEW thing wasn't happening. We shouldn't even talk about it.
1: We got to get to a point on this podcast where you – Stop lying to the audience. So, well, and look, the proof right is in the picture.
0: is in the pudding Brian, of our archives. Brian, we've
1: done this. We've done this many, many times. The first time we talked about all in, we were of the same opinion that it would be difficult for them to sell out ten thousand. Once the promotional machine got going and they and they started doing all this stuff, I was very right there with you, saying they will definitely sell out. We had our sleuths, our look, longtime listeners, go back we talk about and pull that all the whole time videos, you don't want to hear. Because you don't want to be proven wrong. Well, so what I was wrong about, the uh, number one thing I've been wrong about is Chris Jericho. I thought uh, he was uh, taking a dip of his toe into New Japan. He was going to have one match with Kenny Omega, maybe two, and come back. No.
0: Adam, Chris it's Jericho, deeper than it's the words, in. though. What I'm saying is this. Even in the last five minutes of the show, people can hear the tone of your voice. They can tell... Exactly where you're really staring, and that's fine. Maybe you're a Dude, wait. And all I'm, see. Doing, all I'm doing is
1: trying to call you on your crap. Maybe you're
0: more of a wait and see guy. You're not going to believe until it happens, and that's fine. That's your choice. But I'm some of us like that, man. Some of us on this show, we've wanted this, we've believed in this. It's happening. And that's right. friggin' you fantastic. Don't like, you just don't like
1: that I call you out for things like calling, saying that someone's selling their soul for a contract. Well, I was we're right saying, about that. So that's we that, saying that's hey, fine. the Jacksons and Cody are probably getting paid millions of dollars to do this. They're not paupers. They're not poor now because they. I didn't suggest I just that. But
0: them. my point is, they're 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 pioneers and mavericks. They're taking this big chance for the business. I'm ready for this revolution. Are you guys ready for a revolution? Yes, Conrad. I am ready, and it's happening, and this is great. All right, Adam. Let's. Uh, my people are going to enjoy this. You might have to stand on the other side of that line. All right. I mean, you can
1: try to force some type of separation here. I'm excited about AEW. I opened the show telling you that I think it has a lot of potential. And I'm telling you that Cody and the young bucks made a great move here. And so far so good. So you can draw this imaginary line in the sand. And if you're going to use that, you have to follow up across this line. You do not. Okay. And you, you, you quote the big Lebowski if you're going to use that line. (laughs) Um, but there, but I'm not across a line from you. Okay. I, I, i am thrilled. I was thrilled that that was as good as it was. Just like when All In came about and we did our podcast, I was like, that exceeded my expectations in every potential way. I'm thrilled. I think this is going to be successful. I don't know how successful off the bat, but I think they have the groundwork for something that's legitimate. And that's the most important thing. If they came out, you're like, oh, this is just going to be another ring of honor. like, Is that what this is? No, there's a guy behind it who actually cares, there's people invo- invested in it and involved in it who actually care and have a following. I don't know if it's going to be huge off the bat. I think it's going to be good, and that's more important. Kentucky Long Rifle, what is that, an email?
0: You know what it is, and it's from John Dunphy, at John JohnDunphy68. We got a lot of these DMs. We can't read them all, but he says, with AEW now a reality, what do you see as their realistic goals and are they trying to compete with wwe or just be an alternative to that if they are trying to compete what do they learn from the rise and fall of wcw and how do they avoid that adam we touched on some of that already in there but it's interesting there's a lot we don't know like we mentioned is there going to be a weekly tv show we don't know that i just think they showed us right now at the very least they're not trying to compete by just getting washed old names so that's a good start right there I mean I thought MJF had the had a hilarious like, when he was undressing Conrad Hold this for me all right turkey tips I mean there was like there's some fresh and some new stuff in there and I think most importantly what they're doing to I mean what can you learn from WCW there was there was nobody at the wheel I feel like they've got smarter people at the wheel in this organization and if you take Cody's comments and look it was very politician like every politician promises things that they may or not be able to follow through but it sounded like Cody was taking the angle yes of fans first but it sounded like Cody was talking to potential wrestlers that they're going to sign including people at WWE right now and was sort of trying to say look there's things about WWE that the fans don't like, and that specifically the wrestlers theirs don't like, we're going to be the opposite of that. That seems like a smart goal for me. Because, like, you know, the stuff he said about we're not going to force you as fans on who to chair for, all that stuff, that seems like the smart angle. If you're going to be an alternative, be be that exactly.
1: You're 100% right. The best thing they did in that press conference was not mention WWE once. They should not be competing with WWE. They should be competing with the standardized practices that WWE has put in place that turn off fans. And that's exactly what you just said, basically. They, th- wins and losses matter. That was
0: great. Going that was to matter, great. Cody
1: said. The stuff about um, just the athleticism being the most important thing and not telling fans who they need to cheer for or against. And WWE doesn't really do that, but they do try to force things down your throat. And them saying, hey, we're not going to do that is good. Really what AEW is, and the reason that we're attracted to it, you and I, and maybe some of our other listeners and some wrestling fans maybe won't be, you and I grew up wrestling fans. You're washed at 40, I'm still in my early 30s. And if we were starting a wrestling company, these are the types of things that we would put into motion. Wins and losses matter. The storylines are going to be maybe not adult, but mature. They're not going to be all kids, and we're not going to force people down your throats. Oh, and we're going to give you some pyro because we know you like it, and there's no reason to cut corners. <laughs> cheap pyro, on but like but it was good. Cheap, cheap pyro, but pyro, pyro's pyro. Okay, <laughs> it's better than none. it's better than none. So that's what this is. Tony Khan, I think, is in his late 30s, maybe. Yeah, I don't know his young. age.
0: I knew nothing about him coming in. He looks young, but
1: but my point is, this is the equivalent of you and I starting a wrestling organization, you know, and saying this is how we would build it. So I think it's smart. I do expect some legends to be joining this roster. There's been some murmurs out there about Goldberg. I don't really know wow. about that or. Wow. But 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 he brings up the rent and bringing someone like him in for one match against Jericho, right? They had that feud back in the day in WCW. Things like that are exciting and enough to move the needle without making Goldberg a, you know, the biggest the highest paid employee in the company who has creative control and is in the main event of every single TV show and pay-per-view, right? That's the difference from WCW. The lessons they can learn are A, don't rely on stealing WWE superstars and B, don't give creative control to anyone except the actual creatives.
0: Well, well yeah. It, it, here's the thing though. Here's the moment where I'm going to know that they really are different. And look, this is going to be a process. Step one was this press conference. I thought it worked. You thought it worked too. The moment I know it's going to be different is when I see the first, I don't know, episode or first show. And when those guys get on the mic, if it sounds fresh, new, unscripted, as if there's almost no rules. And I don't mean somebody coming on going FWW, not that regard. Just you, you, you hinted at it. A little more adult, a little more off the cuff, a little more, hey, let's, every, I want everyone on that card organically trying to turn themselves into the next Austin, right? You want everybody trying to fire at twelve just trying to go out there and do it. That's what I want. That's how I know it's going to be different. WWE is too scripted. We want that to change. The only way that's going to change is if somebody comes in and does it different. Does it the old way. And I also think they really need to... Bring in more of these old school feels. All in worked because it, it was 50% new school indie and 50% old school. Maybe that's why NXT works, by the way, because it's kind of that same dynamic in different ways. But we got to have this old classic Jim Crockett promotions, dusty era feel to certain elements of this. I hope we get that. And, and you know, uh, but look, we want to say all positives here. And some of the other facts they are going to have the first event, what we know of, March 25th, Las Vegas, m g m grand Garden arena they're gonna have the double or nothing they announced a second event in Jacksonville didn't announce a date did announce that the what it would be for cher- there'd be proceeds going to gun violence victims which was a good yeah. good step forward they they announced a partnership with oew oriental wrestling Entertainment, who I really wasn't that woke on then you watch the the videos and you're like oh my god these guys are what's next potentially athletically we'll see what they're basically
1: know. they're basically like monks who can wrestle yeah <laughs>
0: that's So, but obviously this wasn't perfect. And we go back to the, of course, we want to hear from one of our rock solid guys. And by rock, I don't mean Dwayne Johnson. I mean, Mount Rushmore, right? Well, we didn't do that this new year. We still owe the fans that maybe next week we'll unveil the other three spots to start twenty nineteen of the fan Mount Rushmore. But the only guy whose face is carved in there is Tristan Adelano at Adelano underscore Tristan. Know this name because we love this guy. He says, What did the slow-budget press conference really do to make you feel like they pushed the bar enough? Whoa! We are the bar! There were already rumors of double or nothing, so that was confirmed, and yes, that is good, but not really news at this point. I don't know. No TV deal, no business model was really presented, no real talent surprises. I'm all in on AEW, but I'm all out on this press conference moving the needle for me. Adam, I wanted to read that and set that up for you. Because you're a little more sober, maybe negative, but sober in this process. Are you? Do you agree with what Tristan's saying
1: here? No, I thought the press conference accomplished what it needed to, and that was really the most important thing. It, it said front and center, we're going to be a little bit different. This is these are the bases, these are the tenets of our, our business model. You know, this is how we're going to be different from the competition. Without talking about what the competition is, but. I mean, they're an upstart organization. They're not going to come out and be like, hey, we're going to be on every Tuesday night live on TNT from 8 to 9 p.m. I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, and their first event is in May. I mean, you have to remember, these guys just got out of contract. So they could do whatever planning they might have had to do, but they still had to work for NJPW and, and do their other responsibilities that they had until January 1st. So they're really just kickstarting here. There doesn't seem to be an organization like AEW went so far as they created logos and twitter accounts and social media and all this they don't have a website like i could create a website for them in 15 minutes and they could probably do one they they own the Jacksonville Jaguars in Fulham they have people who can put up a decent website and do it in a day they don't even have a website so to expect them to announce a TV deal major partnerships all this other stuff I think that's expecting a little too much look they gave us Pac and Jericho that was enough excitement for that press conference there's gonna be more Being the Elite is on every week. They're going to have the ability to start setting up promos, making announcements on the show. We don't know what's going to happen to that, what it's going to become. But I disagree. Um, I agree that maybe not much news was made. But hey, the story we wrote, I saw it on
0: CNN, saw it some other places. Chris Jericho. They signed Chris Jericho. And I would have almost been a little more leery if this was over-the-top production. If this thing had been like they spent – $700,000 $700,000 on this press conference. Sometimes when that happens, you're like, can they really back this up? I like the raw kind of bare bones, mom and pop feel because that's what it is. They made it about the wrestling. They made it like we mentioned about guys that are more in their prime. I'm happy with that because again, Cody and the Bucks and Jericho and badass Billy Gunn. These are already big names. They're going to we're going to know if you're a casual or lapsed fan. The, what you're really going to know if this works when you turn it on the, for the first episode or maybe turn it on for double or nothing if you if you buy it or wh- however it's going to be consumed it's you're not going to know it by looking at Cody on the microphone you're going to know it by the quality of the of the wrestling and the feel so going with these younger guys i, I thought it was a positive i thought this is a good feel all around i want to read you one more dm though and it comes from s balboa at grump Handle Slam, one of our uh, unsung listeners. He says, Do you think the signing of Jericho and Pac, the rumored TNT deal, which is out there, and competitive pay, which is timeout, that is something Cody mentioned and Brandy mentioned that women will get paid equally? Back to this, Grump Handle says, Will that entice the NXT talent to jump ship? If AEW wants to hit WWE hard in the future, it would be to take their future from them. Interesting take, Adam. And the reason why this take makes sense is because we know the NXT guys get paid very little to start. I'm sure Adam Cole and maybe a you know big name coming in gets more. But do you see this as a possibility? If you're if you haven't yet tasted Raw and SmackDown, and you're in NXT, would you want to jump ship?
1: Uh, I don't know. You know they call up guys pretty quickly with decent regularity. So. If you're someone like, like Kona Reeves, right, or when Juice Robinson was there and, and kind of wasn't really getting used, maybe I could see that as a possibility. But don't forget, you are under contract, and WWE's probably gonna know, or you would expect the talent might tell them if AEW is gonna reach out, you know, with a contract offer, they have the ability to assign them to a WWE deal counter, do whatever they want. Like you have to remember the the when we talk about the pay scale. So, I think it's great what they're doing with the women, where basically what they're saying is women main eventers will get paid what male main eventers and all the way down the card. They're not just saying like that, Brand, not Brandy, Britt Baker is going to make what Kenny Omega makes. And we'll talk about Kenny in a minute, all right? But for them to say that, you know, their talent will be well paid, WWE talent is really, really well paid. So, I think that is more talking to people in Ring of Honor, Impact, PWG, some of these other organizations. I don't know so much that that line is about WWE. I think the stuff about WWE was how you'll be used, the opportunities you'll be given, and that things that you do in the ring will matter. And that you have the ability to make yourself a bigger star and move up that pay scale. I think that is the enticing stuff.
0: There are different levels of well-paid, though, quote-unquote. And what I mean by that is, WWE, you get a ton of money, you're also working... An insane amount of dates. Was it Kevin Nash who took less money went to when he went to WCW? But it was half the amount of dates, so he was able to be. Rest- I think it was Razor. One of I the two was, did where, where it was like they're resting their body and seeing their family more and they're happier. So the, the less amount of money is worth it. I think that will be in play for some of these WWE guys who especially the ones that want to do things outside. Now, you made a great outside of wrestling. I mean, they want to do things in entertainment, <clears throat> excuse me, that maybe is blocked to a certain degree by WWE. Now, you said, look, they're under contract. That's true. But let me mention a name like Adam Cole, baby, romantically linked with Dr. Britt Baker. From the Indies. Friends with all these dudes. If I'm WWE and I obviously don't know Adam Cole's contract situation, I get that guy in the main roster tomorrow to get a taste yeah. of what Raw SmackDown and those big crowds feel like so that he's not doing pillow talk with Dr. Britt going, man, how do I get there? I could be the face well, of AEW. For
1: a couple things, okay? If you don't think Undisputed Era is getting called up by May, <laughs> which is, you know, and you don't think their contracts last through May, then I don't know what to tell you. They are. I mean, they're huge. Um, Adam Cole is one of the most over people in the company in NXT, maybe the most over guy in NXT outside of, I guess, Velveteen Dream. Um, And he left this. He didn't know that all of this was going to happen, but he left these guys and he said his dream was always to be in WWE. So I'm not worried about an Adam Cole or some of that stuff. What I would think, though, is maybe people like the War Raiders are having some second thoughts. Maybe someone like Gallows and Anderson, even though everything I've heard is they love WWE. If they're willing to give them money and maybe some of these employment opportunities as producers or agents to, to have these dual roles, the, they're older guys, and limited dates so Anderson can be with his hot Asian wife and his kids, maybe those opportunities do are more attractive to some of these superstars. I think the limited dates, is more, like you were kind of intimating, is more important than the money. Absolutely. Being, being able to be on the road less. Is really key. But look, we have a lot more show left before we get out of AEW. The one thing that was not announced, to no one's surprise, was no Kenny Omega. Yeah, this is the elephant the
0: in the room. We we held it off for a reason, but this is almost right. the biggest outside of the no T V deal yet. This is the biggest thing that that has to be decided. And this it's, matters massive, Adam.
1: Yeah, it's bigger than the no TV deal. But so Kenny Omega, look, it's very simple. His contract has isn't over yet. It ends at the end of January. Um with NJPW I don't I don't think with NJPW, I don't think it's a surprise for anyone. Kenny Omega
0: is going to AEW. Like, do we need to actually argue that? I think we do. I think he is. But but for a day and a half, especially when he came out and told that Tokyo outlet that he was done with NJPW. And some people think that was a surprise to NJPW. And then we all thought it might have been a work. But there was like a two day period. My DMs are filling up with our listeners. And I'm like. Oh, wait, is he really going to WWE? And the reason why I believe this, shout out to a a guy we love at CBS, Jack Crosby. He came in my DMs with a good take where he was like, the throne is empty at the moment. Roman Reigns isn't there. So if there is a time where you can entice Kenny with not just change your life money, with break your life money and say, I'll give you the top spot. Look what I did to AJ in 2016. This is Vince talking, by the way. Um, I wouldn't want to believe it because I believe Kenny Omega is... God damn it, pal. Look what I did with AJ in 2016. Exactly. I I want to believe, and I do believe in my heart, that Kenny's more about the artistry, more about changing the world, more about everything I've been saying for two years on this podcast that he is. So that's why I think he stays. But I'm not going to lie. For two days, I was like, maybe he would go because he's 35. He knows what injuries feel like. And if his friends are leaving and they won't be in NJPW anymore, for all we know, then... It's interesting, but Adam, I think this is a game-changing move. He's the best wrestler in the world. I don't lie when I made that crazy comment last year when we had Nick on, and I'm like, I'm not sure yet, but I feel like I'm watching the best to ever do this. And I know some of you out there don't think he's good on the mic, and I see those tweets. I see those DMs. He's great on the mic. He's everything I want him to be on the mic. He's unique. He swears a lot in NJPW. He's great. He's the best I've ever seen in the ring. I said it. I believe it. And he, is, he needs to be there, Adam, for this to really, really, really work. He has the opportunity
1: to be the best in-ring wrestler ever. And I think he's making that case already and has a few years left to really make that case. I think all-encompassing because he's so cool. But he's the not. Cool no, factor, he's not. The cool he's factor. Not. All-encompassing. All-encompassing. He's, he's not. He hasn't done it. There's a couple things. Honestly, you have to do it on the biggest stage. He hasn't done it on the biggest stage. And that is a detri- – no, it is. Right, and he'll do that when he's 40. I'm, obviously, he's going to keep I don't gonna... know that he will. If AEW actually works, why would he ever leave? It doesn't make any sense. He's a signature star. It wouldn't make any sense if that happens. But there, to put him on a level with the, the combination of a Flair or a Michaels, he's not there. He, he's there. He exceeds them in the ring, but he, is, he cuts a decent promo, BC. Cuts a great 75% promo. 75% of them are in, are in Japanese. No, okay, he cuts, cuts a so, great promo. So so let's just let's just not go overboard. And I have to I'm going go, to earth. I'm going to do a, a
0: backflip overboard. None but of you are on my level. It's true. This guy might be the greatest ever. I'm telling you this. This guy <laughs> is it's not just he's the flavor of the special of the moment. He's everything. Do I think AEW could survive without him? Yes, but I have questions. If the revolution no, it's not questions. I know it. The revolution can't be the revolution that my heart wants it to be without Kenny in that front seat. Yes, I believe Cody's more important behind the scenes, but Kenny in that front seat with him, he's got to be the face of this. Oh,
1: there's there's no question about it. And by the way, people forget Kota Ibushi is a freelancer, so you're gonna see Kota Ibushi there too, and no one should be surprised when you do. And when you do, you're gonna have maybe the two best in ring performers in the entire world in a new upstart promotion with a couple of guys who really know how to book. And it's going to be really interesting to see the key with Kenny Omega. And he's definitely going to AEW. I never thought otherwise. The reason why he should, should go to WWE from a selfish perspective is they have the hands on board right now where you're talking about three to four to five years of epic feuds, epic matches, epic rivalries, and his star would become so massively great that he might actually compete with a Shawn Michaels or a Ric Flair for greatest of all time. All right, let's You're live style. in that.
0: Let's live You're in that style, moment. You're Almas, Rollins, Kofi, Biggie. like, I'm just Hold on, don't give away the bag I mean, yet, because I'm going to ask you a DM slide right now. I want you to live right now in the mindset that he is going to WWE. Let's pretend he is. We don't know for sure. Let's pretend he is. One guy competing for that Mount Rushmore spot is my good buddy and your chief adversary. Remember, you used, to, you used to feud with Thomas Jordan Sutton. We haven't heard from that guy in years. Ever since you took him out in that feud, right now you and Bob Backlund's one of the hottest feuds in this show at TalkBox. And this is what he said: We're not
1: even feuding, we're not even feuding anymore. He says,
0: Sli-, "You blocked him, all right? I'll never forget no. that."
1: He tweets at me. He tweeted at me seven times today. All right, Go sliding
0: ahead. back in your DMs like little Nate rushing to make a three count. My question of the week is: How each of you would book Kenny Omega's first opponent? in the WWE. Who is it? What's the result? And then who is next? You both would have very different takes, I think, and I'd be interested to hear hashtag Matt Riddle is the truth, hashtag Talk bucks for Mount Rushmore. Wow, wow, put a lot of things out there. Adam, I want to give you the floor first. Let's say Kenny came back. Even though we think his contract with NJPW is up after the Rumble, let's pretend he comes back and wins the Rumble. How do you book him for WrestleMania? Well, I don't have
1: him win the Rumble if I'm booking. First of all, you don't put yourself over. We put you over. That's how it works on this show. We don't, you don't get put you off. Over. You don't get yourself off. We put you over. We put you over. Um, what I would have him do is walk right into the Royal Rumble, throw AJ Styles over the top rope, and feud them for the next two months. First match at WrestleMania 35.
0: All right, that's interesting. Here, I think to make the largest splash to the public, because look, there's going to be a lot of WWE fans who have heard the name, but have never seen one second of Kenny Omega, to make the biggest splash, just like the first night in jail, by the way, you got to go up to the baddest MF-er or is, and you got to take him out. So here's what happens in BC's world if Kenny took that cash, and let's say he convinced VKM for a little bit of creative help and control, and he walks in and he wins the Rumble, and he calls out Brock Lesnar, and he beats Brock Lesnar clean at the damn mania. Because I think you do. You can't have him come in and be like, here's a special wrestler. You have to have him come in and be like, he's filling Roman Reigns' chair. And he might be the greatest of all time. Like BC said, listen to State of Combat every Wednesday for more. And then, Adam, <laughs> you go AJ Styles into SummerSlam. Oh, my God. Because then you obviously- have Styles
1: beat him. And get even
0: because yeah. kenny took out aj to take over the leader of the bullet club the next day aj of course went to, do- to nxt or no to, i'm sorry to wwe proper with the royal rumble the history is all there i don't know if they would tell that history did they do a good job telling the nakamura styles history not really i don't no. know but i think you got to go after lesnar first and foremost it's a fair booking um i
1: think it's def- unless you're paying him it depends on what you're- it depends on what vince is paying him If Vince makes him the highest paid wrestler ever in WWE history, or at least contractually, then yeah, you do have to do that. Uh, If he doesn't, and he was able to accept a deal similar to AJ Styles, then you do kind of what I'm saying, and you build him up to that at WrestleMania 36. Because don't forget, the WWE main audience, nine out of 10 of them, they don't know who Kenny Omega is. They just don't. So it's very difficult for for you to do it that way. Now, granted... If he won the Royal Rumble, you'd have like three months to kind of put him over
0: and get him to that point. So maybe it would work, but it would I don't make know. me cry if he showed up at WWE Because have- I don't want to see him creatively compromised even 10 percent, Adam. I need Terminator Kenny. I need everything about Kenny that we love. I, I want you to ask to answer this, though. Is this a are we getting worked that he's leaving NJPW? Well, that's what I was
1: going to get at. So I promised a lot of our listeners that tweeted at me after the rally that I would not let you drone on about this for the entire show, even though that's basically what's happened. So I'm going to close the AEW segment with this question, and we're going to transition and get on with the rest of the show. The Kenny Omega signing for me with AEW, no-brainer, it's going to happen. The key, this is the key. NJPW, apparently, according to Dave Meltzer, was not going to make an
0: agreement. Your guy, we'll pause that and say your guy, thank you.
1: Was not going to make an agreement. Listen, no one marks out more for NJPW than Dave. So- all right, if you're going to, you know, any, any match in the Tokyo Dome, seven stars. So if, if you're going to trust someone on this, you trust him,
0: all right? Only two people according, missed this AEW thing, you and Dave Meltzer. Hashtag never forget. I didn't, did not
1: miss anything. According to Dave, uh, NJPW basically turned down AEW and said, hey, we're just going to stick with Ring of Honor. That's our partner, at least through this Madison Square Garden show, right, in April. But according to him, they want Kenny Omega so bad that they're reconsidering that decision. Because they're assuming, I guess, that Omega is going to sign with AEW and partner with AEW instead. Now, let me tell you, if Kenny Omega is the catalyst towards making that happen, that is potentially, I don't want to say more valuable than Omega himself, but nearly equal as valuable as Omega himself.
0: That's massive right there. Because
1: um, then you're talking about possibly, even if it's once a year, Naito, Okada, Tanahashi. Like,
0: Here's the thing, all right? I thought, like I've said it before, I thought this revolution ship was more about NJPW than it was about Cody and the Bucks and Kenny. It turns out I was wrong. It turns out Cody's a monster in what this revolution really is. Because NJPW was the platform where I saw and tasted change something different for the first time. We're going to talk about NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 13 briefly in a minute, Adam. But I felt and learned something about this when I watched this show. If Kenny Omega's not with NJPW anymore, you ready for this? I'm not with NJPW anymore. I realize that he's a lot of what I love about NJPW. And even though arguably they're still doing the best stuff in the world at their best, I don't think I care. I don't think I'm going to put in the time. I don't think I'm going to go to the website anymore if he's not there. I guess my um, I, I outer fanboying to the 100,000th degree, maybe. But he means that much to why I love it. And they need to keep him. They need to keep him big time. And if he is going to straddle the line between NJPW and AEW moving forward, we all win. Wrestling wins.
1: Well, there's no, there's no you know argument that the business takes a hit without Omega in njpw and you know i i did think omega was gonna retain even though i i I, after g1 i kind of put the storyline together of how tanahashi would win the title back how much sense it would make but ultimately i thought omega would retain he's only been champion half a year and you know why would you build him up to such a level the the guy to finally topple okada and he holds the title for six months right didn't necessarily make sense um but there's no doubt that Omega losing, as much as I love that match and we'll talk about Wrestle Kingdom briefly shortly, it played a role in my lack of enjoyment for the show as a whole. And it definitely would have NJPW take a hit. I really honestly never thought that AEW and NJPW would not partner. So none of this is actually a surprise to me per se, but and we talked about this on last week's show. The NJPW partnership may actually be the key to this succeeding quickly that's because fair. then they can really say we do have all the elite talent in the world or the most elite talent. I world. think
0: that's right because I reconfigured my top five or seven. I do this all the time. Who are, who are the top five wrestlers in the world at this moment? It changes regularly. I know you like to put Seth at the top. That's your personal opinion. I'm not here to talk bad about it. Adam. There
1: was a two month span where Seth deserved. What I'm here to one.
0: say right now is uh, five of the six at the moment for me, work in njpw and that's just what it is so that you're right that would make it a ton of sense i just it's weird i love aew i don't want to say anything bad about it but when i envisioned the revolution really splashing i thought it was going to be the american invasion of njpw i thought it was going to be that so does that make me actually right well it's a different name and banner but it's essentially potentially the same thing especially if omega's part of it It sounds like you're hedging what, what what are you saying are you right about what are you saying
1: well, the uh, the revolution from you and Nick when we started the show was New Japan. And this is going to be the competitor to WWE. And if they're they, going to blah, blah, They blah. came to America, and I, yes. And, and I, and I listen, I love the product. I still do. But I said, look, there's a lot of hurdles for them to overcome, including, you know, get, getting themselves in front of an English audience. They're doing a little bit better with the shows, you know, in, in the United States, but they're still not actually like serving the audience material like a weekly. Something where they can consume. The website's still terrible. I, all these things we talked about. And you're like, no, that's where the revolution's going to be. The revolution doesn't seem like it's going to be there. It seems like it aided the revolution, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be there. Well,
0: And to that end, I think that makes the Silver King no, somewhat... No, because right, I don't think this a little, is a hedge, because think about it. Because really what this is, is you're taking four of the most important parts of NJPW and they started their own group, and they're probably going to use some of the same guys. It's, they are not the foremost—stop, stop. Omega four is the, of the, was the— I said four of the, for the record. I said four of the for a reason, so you didn't come back and say Okada, Naito, and yes, of course, okay? But just, four I'm of the saying. most important, at least toward the American launch, right? For the American launch to work on NJPW, what was going to be the most important? Omega, the Bucks, and the being the elite show. Because well, that's yeah. what got us into In general, the too. into the backstage of of NJPW, and that's all coming to America under a different banner. I don't, I don't, you know, it surprised me. I thought it would be more NJPW. I did always leave out there that one of these days everyone's going to pool their resources together, and it's not happened like I thought it would because it doesn't seem like ROH is a part of this AEW thing. Whatever, you still got the big names; they're still going to swing for it. I don't, I don't see that as a hedge. But if, but I'm going to
1: this: uh, I'm going to say this right now. ROH is screwed. Yes. Yes, they Impact did get Bandito probably exclusive,
0: to, but you know they're screwed.
1: They're probably screwed. I don't care how much money they have behind them; they don't care about their product. They don't, they don't spend don't care the about money. The no, they're still they, playing
0: eighteen hundred seater places. They don't spend the money. They mm-hmm. are
1: screwed.
0: I I would be surprised if
1: AEW ever has a crowd smaller, like for like a pay per view, like one of these bigger events, like smaller than five or six thousand. And and sometimes they can't even get eighteen hundred, like you're saying ROH. So forget them. BC. We have a lot, a lot of show left, and we have gone on about AEW for a long time. Let's. It felt good though, briefly... right? It felt really
0: good. It felt fresh. No, it was. Good. Let's
1: go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars new season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. No, it was good. I like talking about it. Um, but but we have a lot of show left. Let's briefly talk about njpw wrestle kingdom 13 break it down some analysis going into it we said it on last week's show when we previewed it being the elite not actually helping promote wrestle kingdom really took it down a notch and we saw why every single member of the elite (laughs) lost on the show again not to our surprise i kind of said during the show hey i I didn't i mean i didn't predict predict uh sonata and evil winning the titles but I basically said, hey, all these guys are going to lose if they're actually starting the company,
0: right? No, no you, all- you were right. Silver King was right in the end. And look, it felt like a flat tire coming in, like it was weighing down our potential love and excitement for Wrestle Kingdom 13. And I think it actually played out that way. Let me remind you of a simple truth that Kenny Omega has said before. Without the elite, wrestling is boring and it sucks. And to see them all lose and sort of be afterthoughts at the spin-off. You know, I thought New Year's Dash, I didn't even end up watching it because I just it didn't feel like it was going to yeah. offer me anything personally. Uh, yeah, the Wrestle Kingdom 13 was fine. It was fun. Some of the matches were good. Some of the matches under-delivered what we thought. But again, this felt like a weird, like, um, you ever give your notice at a job? But you, in those final two weeks, you still had something really important to do, like a giant project to work on or roll out. And you're doing it, but your heart's not in it anymore. And your, your other coworkers know you're not really part of their team anymore. It felt like that watching it because... I mean like you with the uh, long form at ESPN? That's a great point. That's a great point. It's, great point. <laughs> it, it's just like... It felt like that watching this, that why do we care? Why do I care so much about the revolution and NJPW? Because I feel like these guys changed wrestling and they changed my heart as a fan. They made me believe that things could actually, that we spend all this time as fans, Adam, reliving the 90s in our head, going back on the network, saying, why can't it be like the 90s? As WWE fans, think about it. What percentage of your time as a WWE fan do you complain that today isn't what it could be and isn't the 90s? NJPW was the thing that said, no, we're going to do it different, and it's going to be amazing. I lost that feeling watching the show. Maybe it's just me, but I lost it, and a part of my heart sunk out. And, yeah, the show was fine, dude. It was fine. By the way, Naito, Chris Jericho, and that co-main, I thought it was really, really good. I thought Naito carried Jericho, and Jericho for his old man spots, and, yeah, it had to be a no-DQ match. There's always got to be a stipulation, I think, for Jericho to compete on the super elite level. They told a really fun story in 22 minutes, and I love that match to the point where afterwards I'm like, Naito's the third best wrestler in the damn world right now. I'll tell you the order. I've been singing
1: Naito's praises for a long
0: time. You're damn right you were. Kenny number one, Kota number two, Naito three, AJ four, Okada five. Right now. Mm, Right now. mm, Thank you. Number six is Will Ospreay, by the way. Number six is Will Ospreay. He is, Adam. He is. He's not.
1: not. Uh, uh, That's really crapping on Okada. That's unfair. Um, well, who so
0: he's may- carrying around red balloons. I
1: don't need him anymore, Adam. He didn't. He was in Rainmaker gear. Hit the uh, DM slide button. Oh, yeah. All right. So Rib Sauce, Eric, he wants to know if BC is going to say that Cody Juice was a great match so he can die
0: laughing. Uh, yes. And if you did it, it all right, <laughs> okay. I'm going to remove the fourth wall here, OK? Oh, my this, God. You want to know what infuriates you as a wrestling fan? Oh, Adam's Ryan. constant. Black lining on the silver cloud. Okay, <laughs> I watched Will Osprey Coda Ibushi. Wait, no, no, no! I'm not letting you off this. I was insanely enthralled. Stop. Insanely. Am, no.
1: no, you cannot tell me that Cody Juice was a
0: great match. Oh, did you say Cody Juice? I thought you said Coda Osprey. No, Co- <laughs> you didn't even listen to me. Cody Juice. Oh, Cody Juice. Yeah, it was. It was. As I mean, look, as Adam would say, it was fine. It was worse than fine. It I was mean, time. Cody Coda was a four-and-a-half-star match, and I still can't... That, that oh, may have he, been... You know what that may have been? You saying that last week?
1: That is one of the worst things that you've ever said on this podcast.
0: And I still believe that, Adam. I got a lot of support
1: for that take, by the way.
0: A lot of support.
1: And this match was awful. I'm not going to say Cody mailed in. He mailed it in. Fair. He 100% mailed it in. I, I don't think that's totally fair to him, but it proved me right. That match proved my take last week... Yeah. Damn right. Now you can go ahead about the Abushi.
0: Uh, yeah. Go now ahead. I'm going to bring up a match called Will Osprey versus Kota Ibushi. And look, it's it's time. It's time. You can't handle the truth.
1: No sense. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Sonny, Tyson.
0: Let's take a look at this rap sheet. we got a lot of shit to go, man. Come on. uh, I'm going to put you on trial here, Adam. Uh, After Will Ospreay versus Kota Ibushi happened, let's remind you, it was the first match on the main card. They only gave him 18 minutes. They didn't give him 47 minutes, all right? Yeah, we knew this had potential to be 18 stars. Yeah, Kota Ibushi got a concussion and and was badly injured at the end, so it wasn't the finish we all would have known and loved. This match was spectacular. The chemistry, the speed, the theatrics, the danger. Not only did they show you that if these two main evented one day, I'm serious they could do a a seven-and-a-half-star match because they are those two. They are those guys, all right? What they gave us here, I have never seen the kind of chemistry and and just, oh, my God. Everything about this match I loved. And then Adam comes in offline, (laughs) not on the show, and says, eh, match was meh, Yeah." Guys, what does meh, M-E-H, the worst word in the dictionary, mean to you? It means it sucked. It means it was below no, average. Not what I said. Yes, well, that's what you said, dude. You're like, nah, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was, it was. Look, you know what? It wasn't we... fine. It was spectacular, Adam. What did we say on last week's show about this match? That you can't we... hear, Jimmy.
1: We said about this match on last week's show that we expected it to be the second best match on the card. It was nowhere close. It was close. Was. Was the middle of the match exciting, that sequence in the middle of the ring with the kicks and the flips and all that? It was fantastic. The opening part. was fantastic. Did you just the opening? The opening was pretty good, too. As an, a whole match, them getting 18 minutes, finishing in that manner, I was... It, it fell far below my expectations. So... All right, what was your expectations, expectations? A five-star or a 17-star match? What was your expectations? Like a six-star match. Like, it was a freaking six star match so if my expectations are six stars just like blowing me out of the water which is what everyone expected and, and told me that this could be and it's 3.75 or four
0: that is a mess first of all I it was, was 4.25 not- first of all okay it really was it was a 4.25 you're match you're over a quarter of a star but okay second of all remember AJ Styles Samoa Joe at SummerSlam Remember, it reached a certain point where you're like, this could be the match of the year, and then it had that abrupt finish. Uh, Yeah. You know what we didn't say coming out of there? Yeah, we were in the dirty bed sheets. Yeah, we told a lot of truth on that podcast. But you know what we didn't say? Eh, that match was meh. No, we said that match ruled, and it could have been a classic had it had a different finish. Osprey Ibushi ruled, and Adam, it could have been a classic with a better finish.
1: It could have been. But it wasn't.
0: It's, so now it's meh.
1: Now it sucks. Now, come on. Get out of in here. I'm watching it, expecting greatness. I didn't get that. I mean, you can't, you can't argue that. It's, it's I did. inarguable.
0: I did, and I will. I did argue, and I will. Okay? Well, fine. You, you can, but you're wrong. Um, I've been watching wrestling since you were in diapers. 1984, brother. When you were still pooping in your diapers, dude. Just so you know, that, okay?
1: That's, by the way, exactly correct. I was pooping in my diapers in 1984. And that is when um, I
0: started watching. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Very funny. Uh, I thought the okada J White match was better.
0: I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I don't know if I'm ready. I get why they're doing this. I get why NJPW, unsure about the future, they just lost some big names. I get why they're saying, look, J White might be our guy. He's young. He's in his prime. He's got a certain look. That look will work for a U.S., potentially for a North American crossover, potentially even though we just praised him for his work in the G1. I'm not sure he's ready to go against Tanahashi in like a main title feud, and that was sort of the angle and push that they gave him.
1: Well, he might be their guy Jin, more important than anything else, because they don't really have one anymore, Uh, at least not a number one guy. I think he is it, Um, and I think that's where that comes into play, but let's talk about the main event as well. Tanahashi winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship over Kenny Omega. Look, this has been the year of Tanahashi, obviously dating back to 2018 in the G1. This guy worked injured in 2017, comes back, is operating at a level against Okada, Ibushi, Kenny Omega, that really deserves praise. This match was incredible. I, I'm not going to say it was better. I mean, it definitely wasn't better than Okada Omega 4. Probably wasn't better than any of those matches in the series. But... was pretty damn close. I mean, that's that match was above five stars for me, maybe five point five. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was the right finish. And I thought the fact that Omega never hit the one winged angel was clutch in that
0: match. It leaves the door open. And certainly you had Kenny afterwards giving the kind of quotes saying, like, I'm not finished with Tanahashi yet. He didn't get the best of me. I don't think he actually beat me, even though he won, which kind of makes sense that there's more business to be done. They did 40 minutes. It was a great match. So I'm not here to give you a Silver King meh and try to crap on it and delude what it was. Yes! Because it was a great match. It was a great match. It was, to me, a 4.75 star match. It was really, really damn good. But there were elements of it that robbed from my personal fandom. Once Kenny lost, you're like, oh, wait, is he gone? You know, that part of it. And even though you're right, Adam, to praise... Tanahashi for how much he's shouldered I mean he carried them through some tough financial times when this company was not where it is today and of course he fights He fights hurt all the time and he he by the way loves the Dynamite Kid autobiography and lives and dies by it and it's the idea that you go 100% all the time even through injuries even if it means a short career only this career's not short I mean he's been doing something incredible here but tell me if I'm wrong this booking and this finish felt too John Cena WWE to me it was too safe I get why it was safe But it was too safe. And it left me a little bit like what NJPW does is they send you home happy. They send you home extremely happy all the time. Maybe I'm caught too much in my Kenny fandom at the moment. And that's true. Like Nick Costo says, he's so good that you cheer for him like he's your favorite baseball team or NBA team or college team. You just want him to win. I felt like a little like bomb bomb after this.
1: I don't know that I felt that way. I was rooting for Tanahashi in the match. Um, maybe that's why I thought it was extremely well done. Kenny hitting the high fly flow, uh, some of the reverse Rana's and, and I don't know. I, I don't agree. I just don't. I enjoyed that match thoroughly top to bottom. Um, I thought it was well done. I thought he gave it his all didn't hold anything back. Good table spots. Great table spots. They, yeah, right. they dented one. He put
0: a head, head mark. And by the way, this was, a, and I'm not, and I'm, again, I'm not crapping on the performance they gave. I'm more talking about my fandom knowing things outside the ring. I didn't necessarily love the booking of Ace winning here, but they both sold out, and this was a dream matchup. So if we do never see it again, this got the placement and storyline it deserved. I mean, this is great. This was great.
1: Well, you do notice that, you know, I think Omega signs these like either one year deals or even if they're two years, they end at the end of January, which is the end of Wrestle Kingdom. There's a reason he never won the title at Wrestle Kingdom, because his contract kept ending 30 days later. That's why he won it at Dominion. So if you have him winning at Dominion, his contract expires into January, and he doesn't give you an answer one way or another by the time Wrestle Kingdom rolls around, you can't book him to win. All right, you let just me can't have,
0: do it. Let me ask you this. If that night before WrestleMania, New York City, Madison Square Garden Show has Omega versus Tanahashi 2 for the damn title, does that work? Obviously, you're gonna have to have more names on that yes. card, but that yes. that works, right?
1: I mean, they're going I think they already sold out anyway, or are going to sell it anyway. I
0: mean, but yeah, I mean, of course. Is Tanahashi a top ten wrestler in the world right now?
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: he is. You know, he I mean, he might be on that back end. Ta- yeah, he's all right. Because you have to, you have the Pentagon in there, right? Dude, Pentagon's insanely good. Yeah, and it's been Ray Phoenix is
1: out of control. Good, you got to put, I mean, put Rollins in there. You know, Styles maybe has an argument
0: still being in there. Not almost, by the way. Love almost, though. <laughs> love. By the love. way, you got
1: there heated reactions. Uh, well, they're the poll, wrong. I didn't even. I didn't even read the poll results, and I don't even know what they were exactly. But it was like sixty-nine percent agreed with me that he's top five. Well, okay, definitely. here's what they're agreeing with. They're not
0: actually agreeing with you. There's misdirected oh, the hostility are- here. They think by me not by saying he's not top five that I'm saying he's not top five material, right? That I'm somehow downgrading how good he is in the ring i'm saying he's great in the ring i'm saying there's only five spots guys there's only five spots and i'm sorry he's not in those five spots
1: no he is and you saw it tuesday night and we'll talk about that later in the show but yes brian i'm talking about material potential ability ability wise almost is a top five wrestler in wwe he's not he's not and i love performer
0: ring performer he's not he's not i'm sorry there's there's people, I mean, people need to get woke on this. Anyway, we got, Adam, I can't keep having you keep this show in AEW and NJPW the whole time. We do have to get to some WWE. (laughs) You're the one, listen, breaking the fourth wall. You're the one who told me it had to lead the show. I was ready to lead. What what responsible journalist this week is going to go, hey, let's start off our show talking about anything but AEW. Really? Well,
1: Because there's a good reason why. Because the third part of our main event, BC, had two major returns to WWE TV this week. Both on Raw. We saw Hulk Hogan make his return to WWE to pay tribute to Mean Gene Okerlund. And we had Brock Lesnar, you know, grace us with his presence ahead of the Royal Rumble showdown with Braun Strowman. We're going to start, obviously, with Hulk Hogan. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, kick it off. You know, I was the, call it pessimist, I, I, you know, when WWE announced that Hogan was coming back, it was the night of the national championship. I said, well... They found the perfect opportunity to bring this guy back, this disgraced former performer. They figured out a way to bring this guy who said a word that will never be uttered on these airwaves by allowing him to get cheered just because he's going to be honoring his dear departed friend, Mean Gene Okerlund. And it also happens to be a little bit of a ratings grab going up against the college football playoff national championship. And I went into this saying, just depressed, here's WWE pulling another one, and I gave them no credit. Well... I was wrong because to me, there was no one else in the world who could have honored Mean Gene Oakland the way Hulk Hogan did, not just coming out, wearing the shirt, the introduction of the video package, but cutting a damn promo, speaking directly to Mean Gene about all the wrestlers that have left us to close that segment. I thought this was a massive home run. I don't care if there were ulterior motives for WWE behind it. Getting Hulk Hogan on TV, it doesn't matter. It was the right thing to do. He was the right person to do it, and I'll remember that moment for a long time.
0: Wow, I'm a little surprised by your analysis here. I, th- I think it's fine analysis. I'm, not, I'm certainly not against anything you said there. I do disagree on a lot of it, but look, look, look. I grew up in the '80s, all right. I never, okay. I never considered myself at that time a massive Hulk Hogan mark. It's not, even though everything in my room was Hulk Hogan. You don't. It's almost like something I don't realize till years later. I was a massive Hulk Hogan mark. I was I don't even, like him. I was never. Even, I was an even bigger, Holl- my favorite wrestler of all time is Hollywood Hogan. I think, like, it's the greatest second act in wrestling history, okay? But the 80s version of Hogan, like, if you lived it, he's a father figure. He just is. Plus, my dad is a big guy. He sort of cut life promos. The way he spoke was almost Hogan-like. He's, you know, it's sort of like this father figure. So I have this different perspective. You said something right. You said he is the only guy that could have given Gene that tribute, and I do agree. There's a there's Cosell a ali connection there. They've made each other in a lot of ways. That's true. In the end, though, I think it still was the wrong decision by WWE. Gene was great. Gene was amazing. He was everything. But you know what? They could have honored Gene with a really long video package the same exact way. And I think it would have been fine. I don't think this was about Gene. I think in the end, this was actually about Hulk. This was more about, let's use this situation to soften the crowd and get him back on. Now did he perform quote unquote well? Yeah. He he if you notice there was less of the the gimmick makeup, if you will. He there was a point there was a reason why he had bloodshot eyes. They wanted to show you the emotion. They zoomed in on his eyes. Yes, it was heartfelt. A little, little campy and cheesy of course and he and he played all the hits. He gave you all the catchphrases and it was a very, very touching tribute to Gene. But I think this was more about WWE trying to do Hulk Hogan than they were trying to honor Gene. It felt a little weird. And I don't know if I was ready for this. I wasn't ready for it yet without seeing some some better public apology from Hogan than the one he originally gave in 2015. And then the, the bad one he reportedly gave backstage to the wrestlers. I'm not saying they needed to come out and before you want to honor Gene, Hogan's got to grab the mic and go, Hey, by the way, guys, I know you all hate me, so I just want to say I'm sorry once more. No, that's not the right thing. But I still think it's too soon. Saudi Arabia was a bad idea. I think this was too soon. And here's another thing you and I talked about off off air. He was washed, and I wasn't ready for that. If you think about it, Hogan's held together this gimmick for a really long time by keeping his arms toned, by always looking tan, and by always wearing the do rag with the with the dyed mustache. He looked really old and washed. He should. He's sixty five. I mean, like or whatever he is in age. It was almost like seeing your dad old and compromised for the first time. And when you have what's lingering in the air with the racism that I don't think I'm fully over, it's kind of like your dad cheated on your mom in old age and you haven't seen him in a few years. And then you see him again and he's washed and you still kind of feel bad. And he, yeah, I'm happy to see you, but you're washed. And when he was going through the um playing the hits and giving his catchphrases, I watched the crowd really closely. Did people like the noise was loud. But nobody was really, like,
1: moving right, it was a memori-
0: or it was a animated. Memori- yeah, but it was a happy memoriam. When he came out, people, uh, understandably so, weren't popping. So to see him in the leather boa and doing all the things, it felt a little sad. Maybe, the, again, but- like my NJPW <laughs> take was a little too fanboyish because it's about me as an Omega fan. This is about me as a Hogan fan. I don't think it was time. And even though he delivered for what his job was, I felt weird about it. I, I
1: don't know if I want him on TV anymore. Well, what what it'll really tell us is how soon he comes back. If he comes back again for really no good reason whatsoever, then it'll tell us, yeah, they use this as a way to reintroduce him to the audience. If If he doesn't and they continue keeping him off TV unless there's a, I don't even know what it would be, but some other legitimate reason to bring him back, then maybe it will speak to that this was actually heartfelt and Vince doing what he felt was right to honor Mean Gene Okerlund. And I do. Um, I didn't initially, like I said, in the moment I was like, there's no other way they could have done this. They're they're just really, well, are we going to bring Ric Flair out? like, Ric Flair, yeah, he had that relationship with Mean Gene. Not the same as Hogan. Hogan credits Mean Gene for making Hulkamania work. It's the guy that needs to be there in that moment. And you're right. He was washed as hell. And you know what? I think that played into maybe a little bit of why I feel the way I do. He was heavy. He had a pop belly, big one. Even Hogan, you talk about keeping his arms toned. He kept his chest toned. This is is a Hulk Hogan who seems to have been depressed and letting himself go a little bit. His eyebrows were not dyed. They were pure gray. They weren't blonde. You know, if he had the bandana off, you might've looked at him like, oh my God, like who who even knows what he looks like without the bandana these (laughs) days, right? So for those reasons, I'm giving WWE the benefit of the doubt. Because not only did it work, but I believe that Vince McMahon in this instance had the best intentions in mind. We said on last week's show, how many people was Vince legitimately close with who are still around? Mean Jean's one of those guys. And I- I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of they honored a legend in the right way. And the other things matter. I'm not over them either. But in this instance, just like you said, like when the dad, when your dad comes back, he's been gone from your parents been divorced for years, there's special moments and reasons where you say, you know what, we're going to put our differences aside. That's fair. And we're going to accept you in this moment. And that's what I did for Hulk Hogan.
0: That's fair. And if you want to take me down to the core of what this is, a tribute to Gene, it worked. It felt special. It it felt nice. Even the campiness of him talking about the tag team in heaven. I mean, I like the the Twitter exchange, which followed between Curtis Axel and Hogan talking about how Hogan honored uh, his father, of course, the Mr. Perfect. That that was really touching, and a lot of that was good. And, and a lot of this is more about me personal. But it just, part of it, again, was just seeing – it felt sad seeing somebody who every time he'd come out in the past got massive pops going through the motions of the shtick and the hits and feeling like people, rightfully so, didn't care and didn't really want it. You know. What but I mean? it was – again,
1: you're stuck on that. It wasn't that they didn't care. It was a memoriam. So they're not when – when his music hits, they're not going to go crazy cheering for him because they know what it's for. OK, when he's doing cutting the promo, he's not cutting a promo on a wrestler or to promote WrestleMania or do anything like that. He is cutting it to the screen for Mean Gene Okerlund. So they're not, they're not going to get off their feet and go crazy for it. It was it was well done. It was the right tone. Here's what More I want important. for
0: Hulk moving forward, though. And this is both in character and in real life. I want him to figure out who Terry Bolea is. And I know that's like a long running joke and it goes back to that trial and everything, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan's penis or Tony Balea, or Terry Bollea's penis. I'm like, I, I really mean that like. <laughs> I don't know if I want him in the shtick anymore when he comes out, the boa, the everything. I kind of want him to figure out who he is as an old man. And if he does come out in certain right settings as a historical figure, that's fine. But like, I'd like to see that for him, for his sake, especially with all the bad that's gone on, like come out and figure out who you are as a person.
1: I don't know. I think when you're a larger than life character, like him, it's difficult to do that. Of like course. even flair, flair just comes out in a suit these days, but flair wore suits. Rick flair was always just, you know, Richard Fleer or whatever his, I forgot his first name. Uh, turned up you know like we talked about so hulk is the boa he is red and yellow you know what i mean that's him that's that's what he has become you know it's like saying when the undertaker comes back he should wear you know blue and green as opposed to all black no he's the undertaker even if he comes out as a normal human being he should be wearing black and have his hair look decent and and so on and so forth so i don't know I, I, i think we're closer on this than than you actually intimated here um the tone of the entire situation was correct. Whether you liked him being there or not, I thought it worked. Uh, the other return on Raw was Brock Lesnar. And you want to talk about the opposite of working? Ugh. Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, BC. I, you, I deserve full credit about this for Braun Strowman. I've been saying this for months. You can't put the title on this guy. He is not main event material. And it was never more obvious than Monday Night I don't care if he forgot a promo. I don't care if he just couldn't cut one, if they gave him a leash and he didn't run with it. I don't know what the error was,
0: but it sucked. Did you notice that because they had the split screen while Brock was talking, there were moments where Braun was mouthing words as if he was trying to remember what he was supposed to say next. And it just left me feeling like this. I want to shut this stuff off. That was awful. What a, we've seen them waste Brock Lesnar appearances many times, right? Not even say a thing or hurt anybody, and he's back on a jet plane before it's 8.05, right? Like, we've seen that before. This was a really bad waste of Brock Lesnar, and this encompassed, I thought, the entire Raw episode. Outside of bringing back Hogan for the potential of viewers, this was a full-on punt in the face of the College Football National Championship game. This was like, we're not even going to try. And what made it worse, two reasons why. One, they had all their top stars there for the most part, and it was still that bad from Brock Lesnar and Braun down to that Rousey segment, which I thought was really just as bad. And two, it was the antithesis of everything they've been saying the last few weeks about this quote-unquote new era and about how we're not going to do title rematches, we're not going to do this or that. There's no McMahons on this show. Triple H is on for 60 seconds. It was, like, weird that they just punted it. This segment was was the perfect encapsulation of that. Brock coming out, and then you don't get the brawl, and then he circles around well, the ring. Braun's,
1: well, Braun's hurt, apparently, and not cleared yet, so you can't do that, but then you don't have him come out, or don't you have put him. a bunch of security there so that it doesn't happen. Or Right. And then the backstage but, stuff was just but it doesn't even matter. It, it doesn't even matter. It was failed the second Braun couldn't deliver a line. Like, it was even when Braun is
0: given lines and he remembers them, he's bad. And, and Brock backstage, like, as Braun's trying to lure him out, it was just painful to watch. It was really just painful to watch. Paul could not save it. Paul Heyman, of course, that is, uh, yeah, let's, uh, the, the last The only good say part him. of the
1: segment, only good part, was Brock looking at Paul and being like, I'm going to go out there. Like, because it was a little bit real. There was a tiny bit of realism, but the rest of it was so atrocious that it's just like, you can't save this match. I hope he squashes Braun with another F5. Dude,
0: and we And just ends it. We talked about how the build for Strowman was, like, expertly handled, but ever since they pressed pause early last year... And then just kept being like, well, we don't have a title feud for him. So we'll just keep him as this random destroyer who breaks things and knocks things down, but never really do anything with him. You're right. Everything you said that was negative, even in the beginning when I'm like, well, hold on, give it a time. No, they've really removed the idea that he can carry the title. And that's why Brock's back, by the way, with Roman being out. he's They've, re- they've removed that belief that he could be that. Maybe he'll be the, the greatest big man of all time but he's not no. going to be a a, a top-level main eventer.
1: No, and he they treated him very much like Big Show. The It actually started turning when they turned him face, because he was the heel in the Reigns feud, even though he was getting cheered. But they turned Braun face, and his entire edge disappeared. And then they needed him to go heel again, like for the Saudi show, I think, the Blood, Money, and the Sand, or one of them. I don't even remember now. It's all mashing together. So then he's a face, then they turn him heel, and then as soon as the show was over... He's back face again because Roman's sick. So it's like they're, they're just treating him like absolute garbage. And look, we like the guy. We interviewed him. He seems like a cool dude. And I hope he has great success in WWE. But he is not a main eventer. He should not have the title. And Braun versus anyone at WrestleMania is a far step down from Brock versus basically anyone else. Brock Rollins, Brock McIntyre, basically anyone that you could put with Brock would be a better match than Braun Strowman or uh, the equivalent with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, they stretch this out way too much. I agree. Uh, you want to go Hero Zero lightning round? What do you think about that? I do, but I don't want to go too lightning round, despite the fact that you
1: took forever on the main event with AEWBC. But let's get into it. It's Hero or Zero time. And the reason I don't want to go lightning round is because a lot actually did happen on Raw and SmackDown this week that we need to discuss. First up, Daniel Bryan lost his damn mind on Tuesday with, I mean, if the TLC promo, the one before TLC was the promo of 2018, we have a contender for promo of 2019, Daniel Bryan opening SmackDown in the concession stand area, going nuts, walking to the ring. And then he did another sick promo leaving the arena at the end of the show after being attacked by AJ Styles, turning bright beet red in the face. BC, hero or zero that Daniel Bryan actually went a bit too far with these promos on Tuesday
0: night. No, no, zero that he went too far. Uh, we almost need, like, levels of hero on this segment. Like, you can have a regular hero that it worked, or just, like, sound these sirens, feel that superhero. hero. I felt superhero. this was a, a superhero without question. Be, a couple reasons. We've kind of teased on it before, but... I never liked Dana O'Brien long hair with a beard as a pure baby face. In fact, I sometimes go on the network and go back to the days where Dana O'Brien was clean shaven. I like that more. I like that run for him a little bit more, even though it didn't have the same success. He looks like a heel. He looks like a dirt bag. Let's be really honest. You know, it's like this organic country, uh, crunchy granola type dude. But he looks like a dirt bag. It works so well with what he's trying to do. It's playing on things he really cares about in life. It's perfect. Using those, I don't know if they were jobbers or just fans that they brought in as marks for him to throw the hot dogs at and the sodas at. I mean, perfect. Love, 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 monster, monster hero to the point that I want to bring in a, a special quick DM slide on this. From Billy Habibi, big time listener of our show at BHABIBI44. That's H A B I B I. He says this. Wow, dropping one of our greatest sound bites in the damn history of this show. How about
1: you guys <laughs> shut the F up and let me talk for a minute? Okay?
0: That's what he started off with, and he says, Hey, with apologies to AEW, Russell Kingdom, and the man Becky Lynch. It is clear that Daniel Bryan is the best damn thing going in pro wrestling today. Everything that guy touches turns to pure gold, including that fan's mustard-covered hot dog. I never knew I needed anything in life as much as I needed evil environmentalist Daniel (laughs) Bryan. Brilliant, Billy Habibi. You nailed it. Adam, like, I don't think he's hotter and better than Becky or the news on AEW, but he's, he's pushing. He's getting there. He's close. The key is that he's refreshing. It's refreshing to
1: see Daniel Bryan in that role, and it's refreshing to see WWE go so deep with a character like this when they're usually very tentative with how far they will let uh, characters go. And that's why I asked you whether Hero or Zero it was too extreme. Zero, it's not too extreme for me. I, I really enjoyed the entirety of what Daniel Bryan did on Tuesday night, and I've enjoyed the entirety of what he's done since this heel turn. And you have to remember, he kicks AJ in the balls, and we're like, What the hell is this? They did it on like a half full SmackDown right before Crown Jewel because they had to get – not before Crown Jewel. Was it after Crown Jewel?
0: Uh, It's all mush to me at this point. I don't
1: even remember because he wouldn't go on it. Whatever the case. We thought he wouldn't be – it was after. We thought he wouldn't be the – it was before Survivor Series because we thought, hey, Daniel Bryan's not going to be champion for a while. He refused to go to Crown Jewel and all this stuff happened. They went the opposite way and they've made him an even bigger star than he ever was before because as I've said BC when he now turns face again whether it's a year two years from now four months from now it doesn't even matter it's going to be massive huge hero to the Daniel Bryan character and everything that's been going on recently
0: love it love it number two hero zero lightning round edition Adam Sasha Banks (laughs) wins a giant match over a giant and Nia Jax to become the number one contender to face Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble Hero or zero that this was the right call? Why are we even asking this? Of course it was, Adam. I don't know. I mean, my answer is hero, but
1: I could make a huge argument on why it's the wrong call. I'm interested. I'm interested why that is. Go ahead. So it's a hero, okay? But if I was saying it was a zero, you're almost wasting a Sasha Banks title match. We've been waiting for her to get this for such a long time to get back into this picture, okay? Okay. And basically what you're doing is you're throwing her to Ronda Rousey because Rousey's beaten everyone else on the the Raw women's division because it's not strong enough right now. So instead of Banks, her next title match being one that she wins and actually keeps the title for a length of time, you have her in the middle of this tag team thing that is seemingly never going to start. It's been going on for almost a full entire year at this point. And now she just randomly gets a title match to get jobbed out and beat by Ronda Rousey. And you can make the argument – It hurts her even more than if she's never in the match, and they save that showdown for when it really matters and you have multiple months of a build. Maybe she wins the Royal Rumble, a number one contendership match, etc. In this case, it was just like, hey, Ronda Rousey comes out and is like, hey, I like Sasha. She should challenge me next. And then Nia comes out and is like, no, she shouldn't. I deserve a shot. Nia, you just had a shot. Why are you even out there making that argument? So then Sasha beats her, which was great. And the match was very good, by the way. And Sasha looked great in that match. But, I mean, it seemed like a rushed, wasted situation for Sasha Banks. So that would be the zero. Um, And you know what? I feel that way, truly, about the entire segment, except I'm thrilled that Sasha Banks is going to be in a major singles match at the Royal Rumble.
0: You know normally I'd chalk this up to a typical silver king take of taking something awesome and finding the the root of the bad part of or the, or the, the you know the one seed that didn't grow but I You make a compelling case this time around. You're right. They're going to use Sasha Banks to prop her up one time to job her out. And I don't like when they rush these feuds like when they did Cena Reigns last September and rushed it, like when they did Brock exactly. Braun. Wouldn't it be great if WrestleMania was the first time Brock and Braun ever shared a ring? No, it's not going to be because they also shared a ring with Kane. Hashtag never forget it. the Royal Rumble, by the way, for a title. Brock this... beat him head to head, too. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, I was happy about this, but you're, you're kind of <laughs> convincing me that this is wrong because the reality is Ronda versus Sasha ha- should be the level of a SummerSlam title feud. Like, it should be incredible because guess what? The match is going to be incredible, and it's part of the reason why the women are taking over and why we care so much about the Royal Rumble, and we care about it so much because there's these women's matches we have to see, and they should main- they could and should main event that show just, in like they- just like they could and should main event WrestleMania this year. But you're right, they are going to rush this and ruin this. So that is sort of a slight zero, despite my entertainment. And it kind of is, again, representative of what I thought of Monday Night. That rousy segment with Bliss was one of the or- was one of the darkest zeros we've seen in a long time. And almost everybody but Bliss is to blame for that awkwardness. You and anyone else is a million percent right. Naya has evolved to the level of not X-Pac heat, go home heat, get off my screen heat. We know you're not like most girls. You're not like most wrestlers. I don't even want to see you anymore. I know it's so mean and harsh, but yes, they've taken this too far and they've ruined her. She was atrociously bad during the segment. The whole part, like like Sasha actually had that real great line calling her a bitch, but the way that Nia fielded it, oh, I am a bitch, but I'm not the bitch. I did not even know the, she freestyled back it. back in the chair.
1: Yeah. It, it felt ridiculous. like
0: she freestyled it and it was awful. And you said you liked this match. I know Sasha sold out. I, it was almost like Nia stained my TV so bad. That I couldn't see through the stains enough to realize that I'm watching a good match. I wanted it off my damn TV. Maybe
1: I just really liked the finish because I loved the finish. Or I mean, jumping on her back and putting her in the bank statement. That was then pretty again,
0: sick. it's like, look, I know that she's the female Big Show. I know that she's the giant who has to essentially lose all of these. But she talks a lot of crap for always losing, and she just tapped out to Skinny Sasha. I mean, like it just made her look even worse than she ever has. Yes, Sasha Rousey's going to be fire, though. So it's it's a split decision in a lot of ways, but I think he also, did nail it.
1: It's also like every time Rousey has a title match, there can't just be a normal challenge. It's like the the, the thing that happened in, on that uh, red carpet with Naya, that Rousey got the opportunity, it was like just kind of handed to her, oh, sure, we'll fight, right? And then Natty did win a number one contendership, but they're best friends, so there's no real argument there. And what and was now, up with R- Rousey putting over Sasha? Like, insane. That's what I'm saying. Like, she shouldn't, like... Why didn't Sa- Why weren't they talking about Bliss saying to her, "Well, you know, you've beaten a lot of the women here. You haven't beaten me, but, or I mean, she did. She beat her for the title, but you haven't, you know, really beaten me. And you know, I- you still should have to go through me." And Sasha's music hitting, and Sasha coming out and saying, "You know, you who you haven't beaten. You haven't beaten the boss, the best women's wrestler on this roster. You've shied away from me. You haven't given me the respect I deserve. I want a title match." And then you go with what they did instead. They're trying to have Ronda Rousey put over Sasha Banks. Weird. I don't need Ronda Rousey to put over Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is over. Sasha Banks has
0: it. Yes, there's the button.
1: It. Sasha Banks has it. Okay? So the whole sequence did not work for me. But to your point, though, you're like, hey, we should have Sasha Banks, Ronda Rousey. It's a SummerSlam main event type of situation. It is the Royal Rumble. So they're giving us a really damn good women's match, and that's the only reason it's a
0: hero. But just stop making Rousey look bad on the damn mic. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. I mean, her putting over Sasha was like fingernails on a chalkboard.
1: Stop. It makes no sense. Stop. But people think I love Rousey and I love the man. I love Sasha Banks. We just haven't had the opportunity for me to talk about
0: it. Who are you feuding with right now on Twitter over your love of Rousey? Somebody came at you with fingernails.
1: It was ridiculous. I I paid it no
0: mind. Was that Billy Habibi? Did I just put over a guy who's in a war? No, with I you? don't think. So. I don't think so. You're in all these Twitter wars. I don't know what's going on, Silver King.
1: <laughs> if you responded to people, I mean, look, let's let's move on.
0: Wow. All right. Hey, uh, is it my turn here? My
1: point, is, my point is, you let people get a uh, get away with a lot of stuff. That's all.
0: Well, you know, they got I, to, they got to tune in on Wednesdays to hear my opinion. You yeah? know, that's
1: that's fine. And maybe yeah, that's what I'll start doing. All right. Lightning round of Hero Zero BC. Seth Rollins is being pushed to the moon on Raw. Squared off again with Triple H, demanded a title shot with uh, Dean Ambrose, and WWE answers that <laughs> by, con- by continuing something I legitimately did not realize had started—a Seth Rollins Bobby Lashley oh. feud. Apparently, that started last week somehow, and then they opened the show with them attacking each I didn't other. Even remember I remember it swear started. To you, I swear to you. They opened the show with Rollins and Lashley attacking each other. I had no idea why. I am 100% with you. I don't even remember. I still don't, I'm not convinced it actually happened. I have, I have no idea why that happened. I don't know why Lashley then felt the need to decimate him in the main event. I guess it's for the Royal Rumble so that maybe they're the final two or in the final five. And that's the storyline that we're going to get. But
0: what the hell are they doing? Look, this was a really bad episode of Raw. The, the six-man match they started with that opening segment, which was so predictable. The only more predictable than that was Lashley coming back in this main event, which you want to talk about leaving the fans speechless for all the wrong reasons? That main event Seth Rollins match was turning hot fire. And then Lashley just walks in, who we don't want feuding with Rollins, And he shut the crowd up, but not in a good way at all. They ruined what they had built right there. And you're just like, oh. By the way, I I really feel like 95% of Raw matches end with outside interference. And 60% or 70% of the time, it's totally telegraphed. Like, can we get back to just having finishes? Please? Like, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with wins and losses mattering and that we don't have to protect everybody with this crap. This went from really good to really bad in a hurry. And when I say really good is. That Seth and Triple H backstage thing was, oh my God, it was like, put the needle in my veins. Like, that is like, that's what we want. It's a little weird, because I don't know where Seth is going with this. Is this going to be a heel turn thing? Is he reuniting with Trips? Is he going to be a made man again? It's all very interesting, and I felt ultimately, like, Trips really, like, hit a home run. In that short little instance he was on the screen, oh my, like, they were just juicing me and amping me up when they're going back and forth, and they hugged in the end. I was ready to hug the TV set. That ruled, and everything sucked after that.
1: By the way, I also like that they just randomly showed Triple H talking to Sasha and Bailey backstage, um, like on the monitor before Seth saw That's him, weird, and then right? went back there. No, I like that stuff, because it's it's telling you that stuff is—I almost said the other word—it's telling you that stuff's going on backstage at the same time the show's going on. It brings a little bit of that realism where they used to you know, cut to the back, and people would be talking, and then you'd overhear their conversation— I liked that. I thought that was a really nice touch. But the rest of it was garbage. And Seth is hot fire right now. I think, just to answer your question, and we didn't even really have this. As, this isn't actually Hero Zero topic. because This is a zero. I'll say it. Um, they're having Seth stand up for himself. And I have a feeling that's going to be him forcing his way into a match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And if that's what happens.
0: Great endgame. End I'm game. down for it. I'm down with that, too. And knocking the coffee out of the hand was great. But are you OK that in wrestling kayfabe terms, why is Triple H showing up on the big screen just having a conversation with women during the celebration of a men's six man well, match? that shouldn't have happened?
1: because the thought would be that they're going backstage to that next. And Seth sees that. And before they're able to fully do it, he runs back there, stops them, knocks coffee. out. All of them. right.
0: Lightning round continues. Number four, hero zero. Adam, the Usos fought for a tag title shot on SmackDown lost to The Bar, then Miz runs in to challenge them, eats a brogue kick, and now apparently The Miz and Shane McMahon are tag team title challengers. Does it bother you the way this all went down, here or zero on the tag title developments on the blue brand?
1: I mean, look, SmackDown was pretty great on Tuesday, and this match with the Usos and The Bar was pretty great. Even the Mandy Rose interference oh, yeah. was pretty this was a massive zero. Ooh. And you want to talk about wins and losses mattering? Storylines matter too. It makes no sense number, in any circumstance for someone to have to beat a champion to get a number one contendership at that champion's title. It, you already beat them. It should have been a title match. You should have the title. Okay, You should have to beat someone else who's a worthy challenger to be a number one contender. That's the first problem. Then they say, hey, the Usos, this legendary tag team that's maybe been the best thing on SmackDown for the last two years. You need to beat the champions to get a title shot. But The Miz, who's not even in a full tag team, the same segment can just walk to the ring, make a challenge, and get a tag team title shot. (laughs) What the hell are you doing? That is horrid booking. It's terrible storytelling. Shame on them, zero.
0: So, and again, you're right on this. You are right. It didn't make me that mad, though, Um It really didn't. It didn't make me mad the Usos losing, although I get your anger there. And even the Miz thing, because here's the the reason why. The Miz and Shane McMahon are overachieving in this story like tremendously their backstage segments I think are great I'm I'm really I'm, I'm compelled the whole time watching it I love Miz dropping that tease of well you're a McMahon you can you know because it shows you that there's a nefarious reason why the Miz is doing this that he's been telegraphing this I love it I love where it's going I think it should go to the level of a title shot how they got it yeah you can argue it was lame whatever but him taking the broke kick to get the title shot seemed like a Miz thing to do seemed a little brilliant I guess I was more mad at say for an example that the, the main event on Raw, the Rollins-Ambrose match, which, again, was on its way to being pretty damn awesome. It actually
1: especially... was good. It was way better than any match they've had since Ambrose came back.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. It was, it, was, it was on the way of getting to be incredible. And the reality is, why is that match happening? Hey, Trips, you just booked a title rematch when you said mandatory title rematches will be a thing of the past. I was more mad about that inconsistency because Raw always screws with us psychology-wise and just doesn't make any sense than I was about this. But okay, I I understand where you're
1: coming from. I didn't mind that because Rollins got in his face, demanded it, and he got pissed, and he just said, okay, fine. You know what I mean? So there was at least a... He didn't get it because he deserved it because he lost the title. He got it because he forced his way into it, okay? Which makes sense. But it didn't come on the heels of Ambrose. Actually, did Ambrose defend the title earlier in the show or was he just in the six-man tag he was match?
0: in the six-man which is so lame yeah. that's a house okay. show match stop the six-man bs yeah so they went back to that and by the way when
1: the, my issue with the smackdown tag team situation i, I said this again last week you have shay mcmahon and miz as this new team but you have so many teams on the show that you're not using you remember three weeks ago when we saw gallows and anderson and sanity and they never paid that off like any either of those teams could have challenged for the titles and they didn't. And it's just, it's frustrating. Even though SmackDown's very good and it does seem WWE is getting better as a whole. Okay, last part of Hero Zero BC. I'm curious, and we teased this last week, what you think about the progression of this Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa rivalry. It involved Alistair Black in a cage match against Gargano. We'll talk about that and what happened there. And now the new involvement of Ricochet as well. Hero or Zero to the development of this Gargano, Champa storyline on NXT.
0: Uh, this is such a massive hero because it's leaving me with so many questions. And, and questions we've been talking about for a while, but they're still unanswered. Are we going to get an evil DIY? You and I both bought DIY oh, shirts for a great you, price. You called that. I want that so bad. This is such a, a great curveball turn in their storyline. But obviously, they're introducing new people. I did not see the Ricochet involvement. I feel like I've missed that in my in my catching up on NXT. Can you explain that to nope. me?
1: It's not direct Ricochet involvement, but the promo that Champa cut two weeks ago on NXT, he was basically talking to Johnny directly through the camera, and he was suggesting, "Hey, why are you worried about me? You should go after the North American title, which is held by Ricochet." All right, so I what see they're trying, what Champa mentally is trying to do, is take Johnny off of him and put him into another feud with Ricochet, just like Champa, you know, in theory controlled his mind and got him into this steel cage match with Aleister Black was great instead TV. of fighting him again. So, the, uh, sorry, actually, he did that with Black and Gargano, sorry. Um, but point being, Ciampa is, is playing this now mastermind diabolical role, and I think it is setting up perfectly for what's to come. But you finish, and then...
0: I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, this is a friggin' massive hero. I have I just really, you consider the, the wrestling talent involved in these names. I mean, we just had Aleister Black kind of in the middle of this thing. If you get Ricochet involved, it's just, you're going to see such unreal matches, the potential uh, of where Johnny Gargano's heart is going. Oh, I just can't wait. Like, this is such great classic storytelling. And while we mentioned Ricochet for a second, so he broke up with Tessa Blanchard. I'm not sure what happened there. But you see on Instagram that he's dating Casey Catanzaro now? No, but that is—that's wow. a move. That's it's a... quite a move. Wow. All right, ricochet. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well done. Well handled. Well and played.
1: You, you might feel even better about her if you actually watch the Mae Young Classic, which was fantastic and featured her. Yeah, people her think her in her I should matches. really
0: watch that. I just still don't like that you said it was as good as that fine bottle of wine that was the 2016 CWC.
1: The, the, uh, again, the best matches are on par with the best matches of the CWC. On yes. par with
0: TJP and Kota Ibushi. I mean, are you kidding me? You know what that when, means? This is strong style. This is Kota Ibushi. Watch
1: when you watch Maiko Satamura, I think her name is, who I had never heard of before, okay? Against some of these women, it's it's shocking how good it is. Like it's it's great wrestling. And and this the shows especially at the end, the shows top to bottom are really really damn good. Regarding this, I'm going to tell you where this is going, and we always talk about or at least I recently have been talking about, if you can tell where the story's going and it pays off the way you want it to, you become satisfied as a customer. I love that Champa is like mentally controlling Gargano right now. I think they do team up as the evil DIY, as you suggested, with the same old shirts in black instead of blue. Oh, yes. you, you do the whole thing and then Gargano turns on Champa at an upcoming takeover. Actually, I don't even know if there is one before WrestleMania. There may not be.
0: Hey, there's a there takeover not... this Saturday, apparently.
1: Well, that's the UK one. But yeah. But yeah.
0: Not in not. Um, it. Sorry, but not but it. at
1: some point, maybe on NXT TV then, or something when they team up in a match or whatever, Gargano turns on Ciampa and reignites that and gets the title match that we want at NXT Takeover New York.
0: Do we need Ciampa to sleep with uh, uh, Mrs. Wrestling before this to be to make this storyline even I don't better. think this down like that. Yeah.
1: Seems like a good draw, you know? That's,
0: yeah, it's a fair point right there. Wow, wow.
1: Point being, this is the main feud on NXT right now, the main storyline, and it's going great. The other thing, only other thing we can talk about, Bianca Belair is the new number one contender uh, for Shannon Baszler's Women's Championship. Is that the right choice?
0: Yes. I, I like buy every ounce of stock in Bianca Belair. Buy everything. I love, I love, I well, you know, uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Montez Ford there. Well, well done on that. But uh, if they're up. I love her as a performer. I love the swagger. She, I mean she's a freak athlete, we all know that, but the swagger. She's learning obviously to be a better wrestler. She's a great background in track and field, explosive athlete, but she's she's really getting at that little dance she does when she's flinging her hair like it's just it's it's really good character development. You know, this whole EST thing. I I, I put the rocket ship on her. Really. I think she is I, a special future.
1: I just think she's still a little raw to be going into a match with Baszler who's not She's good, very good, but she's not a smooth in-ring worker. I don't know how that match is going to look
0: at TakeOver. I'm assuming that's when it's going to be. I I, uh, well, I agree, but I have excitement for that. You know what I mean? Like, I think she'll be better than Ember Moon. What? You mean, wait, what do you mean?
1: As what? Overall?
0: Better overall performer, yeah.
1: Oh, I think overall career-wise, she may have a better career than her, yeah. But she's not better in the ring than Ember Moon. Definitely not now. Dude, Ember's really good. You keep doing that, but she's great. Uh. B.C., what was your feel spot of the week or of the last 10 days or however long? Uh,
0: Besides Daniel Bryan's uh, promo and uh, everything that happened that involved AEW. Are you guys ready for a revolution? Yes, Conrad. I'm so ready. My feel spot is Naomi. Look, I love when you take things, when you have mid to lower card storylines that continue show to show. We don't know really what's going on here between Mandy Rose and is it Jimmy? Jimmy Uso? she 's trying to portray that they're doing business together if you wheel if I was him i i I wheel uh but to <laughs> utilize the marriage with Naomi, the reason why this is my field spot Naomi attacking both Mandy and uh Sonia Deville backstage had an element of realism to it that was grimy and dirty, and exactly what a scorned wife would potentially do if this leads to things like Naomi doubting Jimmy and being like, well, they keep coming out and saying this, what's really going on. If they have a payoff here, like of a real story, this is great. This is PG 13. This is fun. This also keeps these guys busy and girls keep you, you allow a a male and woman on the roster to be intertwined in the same story. Everything about this was great, but I think Naomi made this special on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. Naomi has been absolutely great in this storyline. And you're right. It's look, Mandy Rose was in a huge towel, like it covered everything. Okay, but it was just enough for them to say, look, we're still treating the women with respect, but we can do a sexually related angle in 2019 without it being Sable taking her top off or Miss Kitty rolling around in mud. You know, they're able to do things like that. And they have a character in Mandy Rose who should be looked at and talked about that way because she legitimately is gorgeous. And it's a good gimmick for one woman to have as opposed to the entire roster. So I think what they're doing with her is great. um, And I think she's improving as a wrestler as well, which is good. And I also think this is a situation where Naomi, maybe someone comes to her side and it sets up a tag team feud where if they do a tournament for these titles that are going to happen at some point, these tag team titles, you have, One team in Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. You have another with Naomi and someone else. It used to be Asuka. That changed. You have teams on Raw, so on and so forth. Uh, My fuel spot. One of the top five wrestlers in WWE showed why they are one of the top five wrestlers in WWE on Tuesday night because Andrade Cien Almas put on a damn clinic in a tag team match that shocked and surprised me. Brian, I don't know if you fast forwarded through it maybe because you had to catch up, but that match uh almas and samoa joe with the weird hair and all against Rey mysterio and mustafa ali was hot fire the match was incredible and the finish i forgot the name of the move off the top of my head right now but it ends up basically being a pile driver which we don't often see on wwe tv almas and mysterio were incredible together and andrade cn almas pinned Rey mysterio jr clean to open smackdown it was awesome. It hit me in the field spot. And they called it the year of El Idolo. I believe it. If they push him, he can be a massive star for WWE.
0: I can't disagree with any of that. That move was fantastic. That match, although, yeah, I did get caught fast forward through a lot of it. See, I played basketball on Tuesday nights, and I emptied the tank way too much last night and I came home a zombie and I caught myself. I stopped watching SmackDown because when I watched Tired and Angry I hate it. And while I caught up this morning I was like, man, that was a good episode. It was a pretty damn good episode there. So You,
1: you, know, you have to go true. back and watch that match. Here, SmackDown was so good that every match with the exception of maybe Brian R-Truth which was a throwaway, could have main
0: evented the show. That's fair. That's fair. Don't forget what Andre said. you think you're to come in my, my back all the time. That's so gross, right? <laughs> How did that ever happen? I mean, come on, Andre. That's ridiculous. I mean, why don't you just say it? I know what you've got in your pants, and I want it. All right, enough of that nonsense. Hey, uh, reminder, Thursday, bonus audio, The Man, Becky Lynch. Do not miss this. Make time in your ear hole and your day for it. Follow us everywhere. Give us that five-star review. Decide what side of the line in the Great War you are on. Because this revolution is happening Whether you're ready, whether you want it to Just get ready, just buckle up Come on Silver King, let's do this, let's do this well, The
1: real revolution is here It's Data Combat, you all know it Follow us at State of Combat on Twitter Tell everyone and all your friends to subscribe Five Star Reviews all the good stuff bc for anyone who complained a few weeks ago that we gave them like a 65 minute episode well i don't even know how long this is but this was a damn long episode and we got you more performance enhancing audio tomorrow on thursday and there's a little special surprise in store on next week's show as well that's the bag i'll tease you'll
0: get the mess next week right bc yeah, well, that's, it. that's it. you gotta be careful when you do tease that because the the mess is coming um yeah i guess there's nothing really else to say might as well say goodbye say goodbye say goodbye Nice. Okay, now get out of here. Oh, that's right a now. rough, Randy. No, yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Really is. RIP, Mean Gene. We'll see you next time. Actually, we'll see you Thursday. Becky Lynch, be there. We out.